0: America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sportsbook stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, up on the sunny northeast coast of England in Newcastle, uh, joining us um, to pick apart a very busy weekend. We haven't spoken since Friday, so there's been lots of stuff going on in the playoffs over the weekend. Uh, we'll analyse it all for you uh, with Mr. Munaf Manji. Munaf, how
1: are you? I am I'm struggling a little this morning, but it's been a busy weekend, but... Uh... Here we are. It's, uh, what, 10 o'clock my time, and it's we have a game going off in under right about two hours from now. So, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot to unpack here since we spoke last, what, on Friday. Um, but, yeah, we had some exciting baseball over the weekend. Can't wait to unpack everything.
0: Yeah, it was Friday. Um, yeah, we're probably not going to get this show out in time to handicap the early game, which is the Brewers and the Braves game, but... Um, yep. We'll certainly have this game make some picks before the, the later games go off. So you sh- everyone should get there in time for that. Um well, I saw a photo of you and uh, Mrs. Moonaf looking very glamorous, the two of you.
1: Yeah, we said uh when we spoke with Dave, I said we had a, a week uh wedding this weekend. It was my wife's first cousin's wedding. So um, you know, we uh partied hard starting, I think it was Thursday all the way through uh Saturday night, and then we had wow. some stuff to do yesterday, but it was a lot of fun, you know. Uh I know we were talking the other day that, you know, Indian weddings can go anywhere from two days to up to a week. But Luckily, <laughs> uh, luckily this one was about, about two and a half, three days. It's a lot of fun with the, with the, with the, uh, you know, with his groomsmen and, and obviously with the families and a lot of, a lot of food, a lot of dancing. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I had a I'm starting, I'm starting a little froggy this morning, but, um, Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was good to see everybody after, you know, with whole COVID going on and we haven't seen relatives from out of town and and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Was there any horses involved? No, this wedding didn't have Ah. any horses. There was another wedding that was happening the same, uh, same weekend or around the same time. And I was on, on social media. He had a horse, he had a horse, but, uh, no, unfortunately, this one didn't have it. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. That's one of my favourite things about going to an Indian wedding
0: is getting the horses involved. Uh, I do enjoy that. Um, oh, I went out on uh, Saturday night on debut as a business owner uh, with yeah. my very own casino, um, which went off pretty much without incident. Although, I don't know if I've don't know, i been ill ever since, I don't know if I ate something dodgy. Well, if you'd spoke to me yesterday, I was a lovely shade of green. Uh, I've been turning myself inside out ever since. Um, So I I think maybe it was the crash. I've been worried about going out all week. And once it was done, I think my body just gave up on me. Uh, (laughs) But I'm here now. And uh, I'm still on the same colour as the wall behind me. I'm that grey colour. You can barely make me out. Um, You can see a couple of eyeballs in there somewhere, but that's about it. So, yeah, Uh, I am gunmetal grey. But I'm here for the baseball moon And it was a great weekend. Uh, It really was a fun weekend, the... the games were tight as you'd expect. A lot of people did what we expected them to do that the stellar pitching matchups um all sort of came down on the unders. Um yeah. people like Charlie Morton and Max Fried um all pitched really well. Um and then there was there was a, there was a couple of wild games as well.
1: Yeah, this was um this you know I, I think we can start with the game ones that we had talked about with um, with Johnny and Scott, and also with obviously uh, the sports consig Dave. Um, yeah, game ones it was pretty simple. It was home home teams four and zero, and all four games went under the total. So, um, you know, we we were harping on the unders with Dave all all episode long when we when we had him on, and they were almost like sweat free ones, especially the one at uh, the Brewers and the Braves game. We had talked about how Charlie Morton was a big time game pitcher. And then also um, uh, Corbin Burns, who's had a Cy Young caliber season, uh, right up there in the conversation for Cy Young. Both of these guys were absolutely stellar. I think that Braves finally broke it out in, I think, sixth, sixth inning or seventh inning. They they scored one. And then I think that same inning, uh, uh, Rowdy Talese hit a two-run home run in the seventh inning to give the Braves the lead. Two to one, and you know the bullpen of the Braves has been good all season long. They cold, closed it out in Game One there, and then uh I don't know We'll go series by series, but again, that was pretty much the story at least as far as Game Ones.
0: Yeah, I think we also mentioned, and we were kind of right that those very early games seemed to set the tone. I know it, it's difficult to I'm not clumping games in together, but they did seem to set the tone for the for the rest of the games as well. Yeah. Um, they, it seemed to, it seemed to set the tone for, for the start off of the series, and that those early games almost dictated the type of games that we were going to get. Uh, and once we got on that trend, yeah. um, I think we were right to follow those trends. So um, we, we had picked apart the picks that we made um, in the middle of last week, like you say, with Dave and uh, Johnny Junter who were on. Um, so our weekend picks then, we've sort of headed over to TallySight Moon after to to unpack the rest of our picks um, for a couple of reasons here, because this Friday, Saturday, Sunday picks um, were over there on tallyside.com, or mm-hmm. indeed embedded on the SGPN. Yeah. website um there is another reason we'll get to in a minute so i am I'm, I'm being where i have been all season moon off eleven and nine uh fifty five percent be doing okay though me average return on investment um has been nine dollars and eleven I think we've got an entire game wrong so over the weekend i got uh atlanta and milwaukee right um i got um San francisco and uh, the LA Dodgers, right. And then I've got the other two wrong. So I've been sort of one, right, one wrong all the way along, but I have kept my head above water, 11 in line. Um, but your picks, Moon, I've been absolutely on fire, which is the second reason we've uh, we've brought it up.
1: Yeah, it, it was, it's, it's been a great weekend as far as picking over on Tally's side, like you said, and then, you know, getting it over on our website. Um, 16 and five over the 21 available picks, we can say, between the spread, the totals and the money lines, Um. Yeah, um, I I think that, you know, I was actually thinking about this last night before I was going to bed. I was like, I think it really helped that we had a podcast almost every single day between you and myself and then whichever guests that we had on, respectively, throughout the week. And and it really helps when we're talking through these games, right? And we broke down every single game. We talked about the pitchers, their history against um, their opponent. Their home road splits and I think that was what really helped me throughout this uh, week but I think um most of it was that was the total right I went seven and one over on the totals and I think that's what really boosted me up to uh, 16 and five overall um and, and you know it, it's been a great weekend and hopefully we can continue that over uh, over into this week because we have more games we have four more games today and we will throughout the week so definitely check out all of our picks over at uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com um, just hit that MLB tab. You'll see MLB picks. You'll see three separate tabs. When you scroll down, there's a money line if we're picking totals and also on the run line also. So, um, yeah, great start to the, to the playoffs here between both of us. You said we're going to crush it. And I think we're, we're, we're well on track to do that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to blow your trumpet for you a little bit more, Moon. I'm just going to, I'm going to read along your start line, uh, which is a, a 76% accuracy and it's 16 and five. Um, a 42.6% return on investment with your average winnings uh, at $8.70 making for a level $10 stake moonaf you are $89.52 up so 90 bucks up uh, since the playoffs started for a $10 stake so you can't argue that the nearest competitor moonaf is on $33 so there's no one within $57 of you uh, so yeah don't don't undersell it uh, when you're absolutely blowing everybody out the water like that. Is that okay?
1: That's okay. No, it, it's, it was uh, honestly a more of a team effort here, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll take the pat on the back, but you know, it's not going to mean anything if I have a crappy. Well, if week
0: you want to sure. add on my $10.26 profit to that moon off, I mean, all yeah. that takes us to a hundred.
1: There we go. you 90
0: See? in my 10. There you yeah. go. We've won your three figures, everybody. There We've you go. We've won your three figures over the last <laughs> week. The, the makeup of it isn't important. We're just getting down to the bottom line here. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do tonight, we've uh, we said we've got three games going off later on tonight, so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get this out in the next couple of hours or so. We'll give you plenty of time to listen and get involved on in those games tonight. Uh, Moonafts, so we're going to start, we'll, we'll get this Braves Brewers series um, yeah. looked at first. Uh, you've done the game notes for this one. Uh, the series is tied at 1-1. And there have been a couple of good games, and then um, game three tonight, which is Freddie Peralta and Ian Anderson. But yeah, how have you seen this series so far?
1: Yeah, this, this series, uh, the runs have been at a premium, right? And I think we've talked about how this, especially for the Brewers, they have great pitchers between their, their top three guys between Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and you have Freddie Peralta going later this afternoon for the Brewers. Um, but I think the bigger story in this series has been the lack of runs scored by the, uh, Brewers. They've only scored two runs in about two games and that's not going to, you know, get you very many victories. Um, Especially in Game Two, I know we already talked about Game One, but Game Two, I thought uh, Max Fried was in a very, very good spot being a left-handed pitcher because the the Brewers have really struggled against lefties all season long, and lo and behold, they didn't score a single run in Game Two. Um, the Braves got three against the um, against the Brewers and Brandon Woodruff to even up the series at one to one, and we're headed off to here, Game Three that goes off, like I said, in a couple hours between uh, Freddie Peralta and Ian Ian Anderson.
0: Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, as you, as you point out, the, the Brewers against the left-handed pitching has been a bit of an issue. And mm-hmm. the Braves particularly, I, I don't think, had to be too good to win that division. Um, I mean, Jorge Soler has made some, made some adjustments to the plate, but he's, he's not... You, you can get him out. Same with Ozzy Alves, if you get him from the, get him from the left-hand side, yeah. uh, you can get him out as well. He's much easier out. I actually think tonight's game, although we're not covering it, I think tonight's game goes over. Just because I think okay. there's a potential blow-up in both of these pitches. Um, the Brewers do have a better pen uh, for me. So I think as we go deeper into the series, uh, I do think the Brewers are going to get over the line. Uh, but I think this one tonight, I think we can see something maybe along the lines of a 5-4 uh, tonight. Um, we're going to have a, a quick look at the, the numbers, Moon. You put, up, you put up numbers for Freddie Peralta and Ian Anderson.
1: Yeah, cool. I'll just quickly go through it. Uh, You know, Freddie Peralta has a great season overall. We've talked about, you know, the three Braves, sorry, Brewers pitchers all season long. Uh, But he is starting on the road this uh, this game three in Atlanta. So he has a five and two record with a two point seven zero ERA on the road. One start against the Braves, which was back in May. Uh, He went six innings allowed to hit zero under eight strikeouts. Uh, The bullpen, again, we talked about how great the bullpen has been for the Brewers, but they almost blew this game. Uh, they gave up nine earned runs after the sixth, uh, six innings, six shutout innings by Freddie Peralta. But Brewers were able to hang on to win that game, ten to nine. I believe they were up like five nothing in that game after five innings. But um, and then, like we mentioned, Ian Anderson is on the mound for the Braves, nine and five, three point five eight ERA, one point two three WHIP. Um, pretty great record at home. Uh, he's five and one, three point five two opponent batting average of two oh seven. He has one start against Milwaukee, which was um, in that weekend series, May fifteenth. Six innings, two hits, one earned run, four walks, four strikeouts for Ian Anderson. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, like you mentioned, if you if you think you're going to see runs, you know, um, you know, maybe maybe wait till in in game opportunity where the where the total might be even lower. Um, and if we're anticipating that the bullpens do blow it up. Um, because they've been going through so many pitchers, like we'll get to in some of these other series. So there might be opportunities for you to find a, a better number, uh, live in game.
0: Yeah. I think we're at the stage now where you just have to empty the clip every night. They're all the elimination games. Um, and yeah, you have to see them, see them like that. And like you say, just uh just go for it every night. This was something that the uh Consig put us on to last week, about kind of in play, just waiting for your moment, whether yep. or not you want to keep back in the unders, which the Consig was alluding to last week. But equally, if you've got a feeling there's a blow up coming, uh, wait for your spot and maybe you could get on after three, four innings, something like that. Yeah. Um the series is a bit closer to your heart, then Moonaf, um White Sox versus your local Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. Um Houston needed two to one. Yep. Um, it was a fun weekend. The, the Astros did look like they were going to run away with it. And then uh, the White Sox, all of a sudden, uh, decided to score some runs last night. So it's been a bit of a bit of a topsy-turvy one Moon. off. How have you seen this?
1: Yeah, the Astros took care of business at home. Uh, game one, 6-1 one victory. Lance McCullers, we talked about, you know, he continued his dominance at home. Jordan Alvarez and I think Carlos Correa were the two guys leading the Astros uh, in hitting um, for them in game one. And then game two, I think the uh, bats uh, opened up a little bit here. It was a really bad start for both of these pitchers. They both allowed four earned runs each within the first four innings, uh, turned it over to the bullpens. Uh, and it, at that point, it became which bullpen can hold up. And it was shockingly the Astros bullpen. Um, the Astros added five runs in that bottom of the seventh inning. The bullpen pretty much shut it down after, I believe, Framber Fram- Valdez left that game. Um, over the course of fourth, four and two third innings by the Astros bullpen, they only allowed four hits, didn't give up any runs, So, um, they got the nine to four victory there and then we'll fast forward to tomorrow night or sorry, last night. Um, this game had, you know, all the ups and downs, a roller coaster that you could probably won controversies, missed called strikes, all, all of that good stuff. Um, but at the end, you know, the white Sox got the 12 to six victory, um, You know, Luis Garcia had a clear third strike that was not called. It was right at the top of the zone. Um, Clearly, you know, they showed the little strike zone when when pitchers are pitching, and it was a clear third strike, and the umpire didn't call it. And lo and behold, we know when there's either an error or a miscalled strike that something bad's (laughs) going to happen. We've talked about this all season long, Malcolm. Yep. And after that, I think uh, the White Sox tacked on five more uh, after that missed called strike. They took a six to five lead. Um, Red Sox, sorry, Red Sox. The Astros came back to tie it up six to six. But after that, the bats of the White Sox really got white hot and they added about six more throughout the game and then got the victory 12 to six. More importantly, or more controversially, after the game, the bullpen uh, reliever that came in for the White Sox called out the Astros for saying that he's thinking that they're stealing st- signs again at Minute Maid Park in Houston, that he said that there were a lot more swings and misses in Chicago than there were in Houston. So here we go with the controversy again. Um, I- I'm sure the MLB is really watching the Astros after what's happened over the past couple of years, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, they, the White Sox got one. We have game four going off tonight. Um, but yeah, up and down game three for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't actually see any of that, um, sign stealing stuff that you just mentioned it, but I mean, as we've said before, surely everybody's doing it and why don't the white tucks just be better at switching it up then if that's what they think, I mean, they could have three, four, five sets of signs. Uh, but anyway, there was a, there was quite a few odd, um, little plays this week. I mean, it's what baseball is great. at. you talk about the, uh, the ball hitting grand, uh, we had the one in the the ground rule double last night where the uh, Boston outfielder, um, it, it hit the wall then came back and hit him and went over the fence. And I think yep. Boston came down on the right side of that court. Mm-hmm. And then um, who tripped up for Rosarena as well? Was it maybe Hunter Renfro? Um,
1: I didn't know uh, Rosarena drilled one. In fact,
0: it was, this, it was this, um, the tie and run. Uh, and Rosarena had to stop at second because he'd oh, been yes. tripped. He'd been tripped by the uh, Boston infielder. Um, so there was a few things, but that's just sport they're sports calls because at some point someone the the umpires got them right the Tampa Bay fans were up in arms the Boston fans were delighted if they go the other way around the Tampa Bay fans are delighted the Boston fans are up in arms there's not an awful lot you can do they're just sport calls that's how sport works that's why we like sport because mm. of the unpredictability right. uh, you take that away uh, and it just sanitised rubbish and we're not sitting here talking about it Um so, what do you do? You want to get into Game Four of this series now, Munaf, Or do you want to do you want to go through the other two, the other two series? What's already happened before we start getting into
1: tonight's game? We we could just go series by series, and then um, you know, okay, and then we'll, it, we'll have yeah, a tonight, be, yeah, yeah, it'll be easier for the listeners. So um, so you know, just to recap, the Astros are up two to one. Game four goes off tonight between Jose Urquidy and Carlos Rodon for the uh, Chicago White Sox. Uh, I'll quickly go through the numbers for both of these guys. Jose Arcady, 8-3 on the season at 3.62 ERA. I did see that he did struggle in the month of September. He had an ERA above 4, uh, so something definitely to keep in mind there as far as recent form for Jose Arcady. Uh, road splits for Arcady, 4-2, uh, 3.86 ERA, opponent batting average of two twenty nine. Did have one start against the Chicago White Sox this season, which was back on June 17th. The Astros won that game comfortably, ten to two. Seven innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, and five strikeouts. Meanwhile, like I said, Carlos Rodon on the mound for the Chicago White Sox, thirteen and five, two point seven, sorry, two point three seven ERA so far on the season, a .96 WHIP. I think one thing that we need to keep in mind for Carlos Rodon is that um, two things is that towards the end of the season here, and we had discussed this earlier, is that he was dealing with some uh, fatigue and also some you know, arm soreness because of all the innings that he's pitched so far this season for the Chicago White Sox. And uh, when I was going through his game logs that he hasn't pitched more than five innings in a game since that July 18th start against the Astros. So um, it'll, it's just going to depend on what the game plan is for Rodon tonight. Is he going to go to three innings? Is he going to go five innings? What's going to happen? So definitely something to keep in mind. But uh, regardless, Rodon, 6-3 and three at home, 2.26 ERA. Opponents are batting, sorry, 170 against him. Two dominating starts against Houston. I think this is going to be where it's going to matter to see what Tony Larusa does with Carlos Rodon because he's been so dominant against the Astros. June 18th, seven innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, uh, eight strikeouts, and then July 18th, a month later, pretty much the same results 7 innings pitched only one hit allowed zero earned runs and eight oh, sorry 10 strikeouts so combine those two starts he's 1 and 0 with a 0.64 ERA 14 innings pitched four hits and one one earned around malcolm
0: yeah um i picked up on that exact same thing that the the five inning thing it's it's clearly got to be managed it's, it's too much to be to be a coincidence um there's a couple of three-inning, four-inning starts, but not once is he on. There's not even a five-point-one or a five-point-two in there since uh, July 18. Uh, five has been the absolute limit. Um, those two starts against Houston do stand out. There's other. There's this one or two things here has happened, and I'm not good enough to work out which one it is. There's either a little bit of desperation uh, in the White Sox. Is that I don't think Rodon was meant to go tonight. I had a feeling it might have been Michael Kopech, um, but Kopech pitched yesterday, I believe. Really, yeah. Um, so it's either it's either desperation or it's possibly eye test. I mean, you've got to get, Tony La Russa has got a lot of stick this season. Um, so Rodon will be at the at the behest of Tony La Russa tonight and the eye test. Now, if he's gone five innings and pitched seventy one pitches, like we talked about, Nathan Yavaldi going last week, yeah. uh, does he immediately pull him or do, do you leave him in? Is is it? Completely unflexible analytics, So are we just going to gonna go how we go? So Now, I don't know if the White Sox have planned this out to an absolute T, or if they're completely playing it off the cuff. They're more than likely somewhere in the
1: middle, uh, but certainly they're having to change things on the fly just a little bit. I think a different angle, if you want to bet this game in, Arlos Colos Rodon, is um, there's a prop bet that some books offer called Total Outs Issued by a Pitcher. And if it's anything above 15 and a half uh, yeah. outs issued, you probably want to take a look at the under, depending on what the juice is there. But, and maybe the books do catch up on this, but we've seen Malcolm all throughout all four of these series so far is that some of these pitchers that have gotten off to bad starts, they're getting pulled real quick within two, three innings. So yeah, I think a clear example is Chris Sale, and we'll get to that series next, is that he got off to a really bad starting game too, for the Red Sox. And he got the he got the hook real quick. And that's supposed to be your ace pitcher. So that under 15 and a half or whatever that outs issued number is, that would I cash for you easily.
0: I think that's just the difference in, in playoff baseball and elimination games is that he, yeah. the managers um, are quick on the trigger. And actually, rightly so, the, the decisions they've made um, so far uh, in these playoffs. I've had absolutely no problems with um, Alex Cora, particularly he's been getting out there and hooking them at the first sign of trouble. Uh, yeah. We mentioned Evaldi, Chris Sale, another one. Uh, and absolutely rightly so. So, yeah, no problem with that. We'll see we'll see how that pans out later on. Uh, if you can find a um, under 15 and a half um, on Carlos Rodon, you might want to get over to Winbet, where you can win and boost your odds on that player prop. Uh, Winbet is now live in... Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Exclusive rewards are at your fingertips, getting on all your favourite teams, players, and sports. Great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. Boosted Parlay's live in-game odds. If you sign up today, you'll receive a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now. Or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Okay, so we'll move on to another team. And this is where you really have a dog in the fight, Moonath. Uh, Boston v Tampa, uh, which goes off tonight at, I can't remember, sometime after midnight for me. Um, mm. I've really enjoyed watching this series. It's just been a load of fun. Uh, Boston lead. Yeah. Um, 2 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one was 5 nothing to the Rays. Now, we talked about this one. And I had, there was alarm bells ringing for me um, after this one. I thought it had all the hallmarks of Tampa were just kind of holding Boston at bay. You know, when you say like a big fella uh, having a fight with a midget and the midget swinging wildly and the big fella's has <laughs> just got his hand on his head and he yeah. can't reach him. That Tampa with a big fella uh, in Boston was the little fella. And it just, it was very one-sided and, and um, Tampa looked in complete control. However, it's baseball and that was one game. Um, Shane McClanahan pitched really well. Um, there's a couple of doubles in there from Wanda Franco, hits from and Zanino. I mentioned that because I want to hark back to it in a little while. Um, and uh, Rodriguez, um, E-Rod, oh, didn't get out the second inning, 1.2 inning pitched. Uh, two hits, two earned runs, two walks. Um, game two, 14-6 Red Sox. Um Chris Sale, we just mentioned, gave up a. Um, actually, the Red Sox got out 2 nothing top of the first. Yeah. Uh, and then Jordan Luplow uh, hit a grand slam off Chris Sale. Um, and that was it. that was pretty much the the end of Chris Sale. But Tanner Houck came in, someone we've uh, someone we've touted on this podcast a few times. He studied the ship, uh, the Red Sox, hit two runs in the third, and then five runs in the fifth, and then uh, added on runs in the seventh, eighth, and the ninth. Ended up winning fourteen to six. Uh, Michael Wacker came in. Again, uh, a regular on this podcast. And when we faded in the past, he came up, gave us six runs. Yeah, so we're unlikely to see him again, unless it's in a blowout one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, they, they leveled the game up um, there. And then yeah. last night uh, was, the, was the really exciting game, probably the best game so far uh, in the playoffs, uh, where Boston beat Tampa 6-4 to four, um, in 13 innings, uh, a walk-off. From Christian Vasquez, Boston kind of looked in control of that one um, and then gave up a couple of runs in the eighth, went to extra innings, was very nip and took, was very exciting. There was all sorts of stuff going on. And then Vasquez hit that two run bomb. Were you watching that game moon after did you hit the roof when you hit that?
1: I did. I was watching. I had that one up on my main screen and I had the football on to the side. So, you know, uh, uh, I'm watching I'm watching more of these MLB playoffs um, yeah, you hit everything, uh, uh, on the head, Malcolm there about game three, um, lots of up and downs. And again, you know, the bullpen blew it up again for the Red Sox, right? We talked about this when we were previewing, um, the Red Sox in the AL wildcard games that like you just didn't trust his bullpen and they had the four to two lead. They let them tie it up. As soon as you knew that, that controversial call with the, uh, the ball going over the fence and be, it bring ruled the yeah. ground rule double that the next inning something was going to happen for the Red Sox. And uh, that pretty much came to fruition with Ovasquez walking it off with the two-run home run um, in the bottom of the 13th there. So, um, you know, kind of looking back at what happened in the outfield, it, it's it's a very tough situation because there's no written rule about it, right? And it's what the broadcast was saying is that's really umpire's discretion. And I think they got on the headphones – to the replay replay review with New York and i think it was a very very short it was maybe like 10 seconds on what they wanted to decide and at the time when the ball went over the fence the umpires ruled it a ground rule double which made i think it was diaz or uh, Margot that was on first base who had rounded third before the ball went over the fence so it, it sucks both ways we talked about it earlier i mean for Rays fans, it sucks. For the Red Sox fans, you're you're, you're happy about it. But even if they the one run that scored, um, I think they had Luis Patino, who we've been fading all season long. I, and I've been tweeted this out. If the Red Sox can get to Patino, they're going to lose this game. And lo and behold, bottom of the 13, they were able to get to him and hit that two-run home run. So um, a bit of a luck, I guess you can say, for the Red Sox in game three. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'll tell you, I've got some live drama here, Moonaf, because I'm I'm sitting in front of Sky Sports News. Okay. And there's a just in a breaking news banner mm-hmm. and a picture of the Newcastle manager Steve Roos, who I've been wanting sacked for three years. Yeah. Uh, so I've just paused it. And I will. Uh, I'll remain on centre hooks for the final fifteen or twenty minutes um, until we finish this podcast. And I'll press play and hopefully get the news that they've sacked the cabbage. Um, there we go. So there you go. So I'll pause that. Uh, so yeah, I'm a little bit more excited now. Um, so tonight, um, game four is um, Colin McHugh against Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez again. Um, yeah. It's a pick in both teams are at minus one ten. We've got an over under at um, nine point five. I um, can't quite work out why this is a him. I think it's probably because of the presence of Colin McHugh. So Colin McHugh is a generally a long reliever. Um, he gave up uh, three runs over one point two innings in that blowout last Friday night. But it's his regular season numbers we're more interested in. Um, you six and one with a one point five five ERA. Pitched sixty four innings um, in thirty seven appearances this season. He pitched three innings, only four times. So don't expect him to go any deeper than that. I'm um, looking at a piggyback starter um, here for Tampa Bay. Something that they've made um, one of their one of their very own things uh, over the last few years. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, thirteen and eight, four point seven four. Obviously, uh, got hit last Friday in that start against um, Tampa. He started against Tampa four times this season. Um, one really good start, one really bad start, and then some kind of bits in between. It's all rather underwhelming, I think. Um, <laughs> we've got a we've got a three earned runs on six. We've got a two earned runs on five. Then we've got a zero on six, and we've got a six on three. So um, they can get to him. And something that did come to my attention today, and this doesn't bode well at all, I think, for the next two nights, is how well Tampa hits left handers, the, the OBP, because we've got potentially Chris Sale going yeah. um, in game five of it's required. Uh, the OBP are some of these left handed hitters uh, for Tampa Bay, Area. Mike Zanino uh, 419, Wanda Franco 418, Rosa Arena 386, um, Diaz 367, and then Margot down to 346. Expect all of them uh, to be in the lineup tonight. Um, so i I'm unfortunately moon I am foreseeing uh, some problems both tonight and tomorrow uh, for your Boston Red Sox.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's why I've been kind of ca- <clears throat> cautiously optimistic about the uh, Red Sox here, especially what what you just said with left-handed pitching going up against this uh Rays um against the Rays bats uh erod man it's it's really hard to tell on what you're gonna get out of him like you mentioned i mean that box score is very inconsistent for him his game logs and the way the pattern's going right now it seems like that he should have a good start today but again i'll have to kind of look at his home splits and how he does at home versus a road but it's the same opponent right you're going up against the rays like you mentioned that they are crushing left-handed pitching so um I think you do kind of have to give the credit. You have to get some type of credit to the Red Sox for the way they were able to battle back in game two. They, um, they got out to the 2-0 lead, gave up the grand slam, did Chris Sale, and then you know they fought back and they won that game 14-6. to But I think, again, I think this is another game where you kind of want to look at these pitchers that are starting that, like you mentioned, with Rodriguez not having great luck against the Drays and then Colin McHugh gave up three runs over one and two, 30, two thirds of an inning on Friday <clears throat> and sorry. Uh, and then you can look at the total outs issued again. If you're finding a number that's 12 outs, 13, 14 outs, you might want to take a look at taking the under. Cause if, again, if we see these pitchers struggling, that hook is going to come real fast, especially for the Rays because they are in an el- uh, elimination game now. Right. Malcolm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um- so yeah, so there you go. We'll, our, my picks? Um, it won't surprise you, and are going to come from that game, but we'll get to those in a little minute. Uh, finally, Moonaf is the Dodgers and the Giants. Just before you pick that apart, uh, if you get across to Prop Swap, it's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Uh, the MLB playoffs in full swing. PropSwap Swap is your home for the best World Series futures all season long. Prop Swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself, use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. As far as um, any, any hedging opportunities, off, are you holding any uh, any fancy
1: price tickets on any World Series or anything? I'm actually not. I don't have a single ticket on any World Series or any uh pendant titles here Um uh, i'm actually shocked about that because i usually have it but I- i'm always like betting it game by game because I, you know we've talked about how there's great situations there's a lot of prop bets that books is typically put out just because it's a playoff game you know where you can kind of put the- pick them apart um you know we were talking about this in the slack channel too malcolm is that you know you're looking at home run props but there's also you know guys that are at plus money that can score runs. And I think I gave out Wander Franco and uh, Randy or Rosarena, I think in game three for them to score runs. And they were both at plus money. I mean, come on, man, these guys are your two table setters. It's a race. are going to score runs. It's going to start with these two guys. But as far as futures, I may have to look at it. Once we get to the conference championship year, I mean, at that point, it's probably going to be too late to get a good money price down, but I'm just taking it game by game.
0: Yeah, um, I think Did we got my any? fingers burned on Trey Turner on that first kind of player prop, and that put me off a little bit. Although it absolutely shouldn't have done because I think the process was right. Um, I've got some fourteen to one Red Sox Moon. Okay, uh, that's my only one. There we go uh, again. Not much. I've just checked my little cash out there. I can cash it out for three pounds sixty-five as we speak. Uh, so <laughs> if I was getting a little bit of props up, I'd want a bit more than that. But yeah, I got some fourteen to one. Uh, just for a little bit of fun. So yeah, I'm live, which is all, all right. you could ask for at this point. Um. Last up then before we get into the picks. Dodgers Giants moon. I've thought we'll see that one.
1: Yeah, this series, uh, I think the most um I guess most interesting book or sorry, interesting series that we can uh I guess t- when we talked about with Davis, probably has the most eyes on for from a uh sports book perspective because of all the liabilities that are on the San Francisco Giants. Again, you have two California teams, and you know, with the name Dodgers, it's always gonna be a fun series and obviously with the Giants that have had a great season uh, so far and won the a, uh, sorry the NL West there. But game one, uh, we talked about Logan Webb, how dominant he had been at home, and that, again, that came into fruition. Giants won that game 4-0, 7-2, thirds inning, 5 hits, 10 strikeouts for um, for Logan Webb there. And the Giants, they got to Bueller early in the first inning. Buster Posey hit that two-run home run, got out to that 2-0 uh, lead, and that's pretty much all they needed in that uh, game. You know, Logan Webb, like I said, was amazing. Game two, I think uh, I had actually bet on the Dodgers because, you know, Julio Urias probably one of the most underrated pitchers in this entire season because he's getting overshadowed by the names that are on this Dodgers pitching staff. Like we've talked about when they had Trevor Bauer early in the season, Clayton Kershaw, they added Max Scherzer. And if we if we asked a casual fan on who was the leader in wins for the national league. I don't think they would have even mentioned who So, um, you know, it, it was a great outing by him. Uh, both pitchers, you know, the Do- the Dodgers tagged uh, Kevin Gossman for four earned runs in five innings. They added five more against their bullpen, got the comfortable win nine to two there. Game three uh, goes off tonight between Alex Wood and Max Scherzer. And I think this is going to be a very interesting about uh matchup Malcolm because Max Scherzer, you know, we went through his numbers with the NOL card game, so we're not going to go through that again, but for Max Scherzer, I think this game he needs to have better command and location tonight against the Giants because he struggled with that against the Cardinals. Luckily, uh Cardinals offense didn't go off in that game. He get there was a lot of 3 and 2 counts that the Cardinals got him to, but they were they got on base but they weren't able to any produce any runs off of those walks. So, um and again the crazy part is that the uh, uh, Max Scherzer doesn't have any appearances over the last, I think, two to three seasons against the Giants. So I think this is very interesting. I think where we can start with the conversation is for me. I think Max Scherzer has the advantage over the Giants because the Giants haven't seen his pitching. Right. He has different type of pitches, pitches in his arsenal. He has the heater. He has the curveball um, and, and everything that the Giants haven't seen um and alex wood again i'll go through his numbers then we can get back to go back to max scherzer 10 and 4 3.83 era 1.8 1.18 whip on the season road splits i think this is a little concerning he is three and two on the road but he has a 4.2 era opponent batting average on the road is 282 so i think that's something that we need to keep in mind and the numbers aren't pretty against the dodgers either three appearances zero and two with a 4.76 era 17 innings pitched, 20 hits allowed, nine earned runs, five home runs. He's given up 22 strikeouts to three walks. Uh, Dodgers are batting 290 against Alex Wood. Um, game logs, uh, he's pitched against them three times. Six innings, six innings, five innings. He's allowed a combined, um, let's see here, what's that, 20, 20 hits. He's given up nine earned runs. The interesting part here is that he's getting the strikeouts against them, right? He has 22 strikeouts. He's had seven or more in all three of those starts, so I think that if there's a strikeout prop, uh, maybe take a look at that. You might be getting a discounted price there. But I think uh, Ma- uh, Malcolm, I wanted to ask you about Max Scherzer. That do you think he has the advantage tonight over the uh, Giants because the Giants haven't seen him and you know in so long in about two to three seasons?
0: I don't know. The um, do Max Scherzer. Are you taking Max Scherzer because he's called Max Scherzer? You're taking Max Scherzer's stats over the season, or with a little bit of recency bias, you're taking Max Scherzer over his last four example because it fits three outings. Yeah. Um, so he didn't pitch well against the Cardinals. He he looked quite frustrated when he came out. Um, however, I think the manager was absolutely right to hook him because he wasn't pitching well, um, right. first and foremost. And then before that, you go to the there's a start against um. San Diego and starts against Colorado, where he's given up five runs in five innings twice. Yeah. Um So that's you're nearly getting back. For the last three or four weeks, he hasn't uh, he hasn't pitched well. Do you want to take minus two hundred um, against someone with those stat lines? Uh, however, no, no, then think... then yeah, exactly. I, I don't think you would if it, if I yeah. redacted the names and given you that, uh, you'd absolutely take the thirteen to eight. Uh, against Alex Wood. or well, you'd certainly be, be making the book closer together. This this might just be another thing where the the the, the books just want the Dodgers to to take the Giants. Out. Um however, it is Max Scherzer. He is a, an absolute uh stud of the sport. So um he could easily come out and, and throw seven, 7 8 innings uh, of no-run ball as well. Um the Giants will be prepared. The the I don't think Scherzer will have anything um for them that then they're, that they're not um expecting or willing um, Mm. to to, to put up with because they've been like that all season and nothing has caught the Giants out. They've left no stone unturned. Um, Yeah, it's a close game. I just don't... I couldn't be taking the Dodgers at that price, that's all. By all means, you can tell me that they're more likely to win the game, but certainly not minus 200.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you want to lay a minus 200 price, especially in the playoffs, right? And I think that you hit the nail on the head is when you said... That are you betting on Max Scherzer the name, or are you looking at his stats that he hasn't been great over the past couple starts, or even in the month of September, like you mentioned, against the Rockies and against the Padres, and again, not a great start against the Cardinals either. So, um, you know, are we going to see which Max Scherzer? When are we going to see? And I think that that first sitting will tell us everything that we need to know. And again, this is where we talk about live betting opportunities. That you know, if your book offers very type, various type of props that if you're able to find a you know strikeouts prop on your live betting or if you're able to find a total outs issued on your uh, on your live betting, that might be something to look at. But, um, yeah, I don't want to lay that minus 200 price. I think this is going to be one of the games that I'm probably completely staying away from today just because that price is way too steep on the Dodgers and Max Scherzer.
0: Yeah, completely agree with you. Um, yeah, that's another one where you might be waiting for a live bet, I think, yeah. um, until you see something with your eye because – um, if he shows a bit of uh, of classic shows a command and control through that first inning, uh, then live at the under or something like that. So yeah, that would be a great bit of advice. there, Moonaf to pick that game. Okay, so that's all four series analysed and looked at. Um, picks then, let's do it. Um, I made a couple last, stuck to one uh, to one game tonight. Um, moon we'll let you lead off. How many picks did you make? Where did you get them from?
1: Yeah, um, I kind of wanted to talk through these games first and kind of see where, you know, where the value is or what we're kind of looking at. Um, and I'm kind of getting pointed towards taking the under tonight in the White Sox and the Astros game. Um, you know, I know we've seen a lot of offense in this game, and I think that, you know, we do have Carlos Rodon, and I think the biggest question mark will be, um, what are we going to get out of Carlos Rodon? Is it going to be a couple of innings, or is it, are they going to let him go the full five innings because he has just been so dominant against the uh Astros this season. I think you know two games is especially in this type of season it's I guess it's a good enough sample. But uh Jose Arcady hasn't been that bad either for the Astros. So I'm taking I'm taking a look, taking a look at taking the under in the um under nine in the Astros in the in the White Sox game this afternoon. goes off around I believe 337 Eastern time. So uh, I'll take the under in that game under nine, um, and I think Erod gets it done tonight for the Red Sox. I know we talked about he's had an up and down uh, game log against the uh, the Rays this season. I think that being back at home, uh, and you're asking him in one game to go out and pitch and try to get you, you know, four or five innings before they probably turn it over to the bullpen. I think that you know the Red Sox can get to Colin McHugh also here early so i'm going to take the Red sox money line tonight and then i'm going to take the under in the um the astros and the white sox game under nine in that game okie doke
0: uh yeah that um under in the white sox astros games and a, a nice looking price i've got under eight and a half at um 21 to 20 so plus 105 um yeah so that's quite a quite a tempting offer there um, I'm going to have to moon. I fly in the face of your pick on this. Um, well, not necessarily. Actually, there is a way we can both win. Um, but I've got to Boston versus Tampa, and I just think tonight I'm expecting a bit of a masterclass in sort of how Tampa will just uh, the, the 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 analytical victory. Um, I'm expecting um, Tampa to to get to Erod. Uh, to trot out that lineup, one of their one of their specially put together lineups with all these OPB guys against the against the left-handed pitching. Um my two picks i have one Tampa Bay runs over 4.5 mm-hmm. at minus 110 and over 5.5 at plus 190. Okay. Uh so sort of split stakes on those, whether you want to go uh 60, 40, or 70, 30 percent of your stakes on those two things. Because I do think they can get to them, however, um Boston's pre-September offense has shown up as well, so this could easily be. I mean, I could win my bet, and then Boston wins seven-six enough. We, we could do that. Um, also, I've just thrown out a little pizza bet on something we've done early earlier in the season as well, uh, successfully a couple of times. Uh, it's a Wanda Franco home run. Um, it's seven to one. Uh, I do think these lefties couldn't get to him. Uh, as Nino was too short the price, he was um, plus four fifty, uh, but seven to one Wanda Franco. Uh, just for a little five, I win some beer money on that. Uh, so they're my picks for tonight, Nina.
1: I like it. Hopefully it's the uh, Red Sox that are up 6 nothing by the end of five innings. So um, number one, you win your bet of um, over five and a half, over four and a half in those games. And then your 14-1 to one ticket is also looking good. And maybe... Franco uh, uh, steals or puts in a home run over the monster in, when it when it's kind of out of reach for the uh, Rays. So that's what we're kind of praying for tonight. But um, yeah, four games tonight, all day long. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know we have a, one going off in a, an hour and a half or so. So um, definitely looking forward to it, man.
0: Yeah, that's perfect timing, Moonaf. I will be in the bath, as always, watching that. Uh, being in my happy place, watching the baseball come seven minutes past six tonight.
1: There we go.
0: Um, yeah, fantastic stuff. So we'll be back. Um, I think we're going to go again tomorrow. And have to have another look at these, um, or certainly in the next in the next thirty six hours. Anyway, yeah, uh, plenty more, plenty more postseason baseball to come. It's thick and fast, uh, and we won't miss anything here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, rate, review, um, thumbs up, five star, you name it, whatever you get to do. Moonaf, um, thank you very much for joining me. Yes, sir. Um, I'll press play on my uh, paused Sky Sports breaking news <laughs> and see if Steve Bruce has got sacked. Um, and in the meantime, uh, enjoy the games tonight. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Good luck with your bets. We'll see you down the road. Cheers.